Hello, Auburn family. This is your host, Jason Campbell. Uh, we're on to Victory Podcast, coming to you each and every week. Uh, thank you for your support and your generosity for everything you do for our program. But today we have a special, special talent that we're bringing to the podcast, along with another special talent, my co-host, J.G. Tate, uh, will be chiming in as well. So, you know, why not wait? Let's go ahead and dive in and show you who it is. Ike, Irish, can you come on? Yeah, I'm here. No, so everyone, here's Ike Irish. He's a freshman here at Auburn, big-time player coming out of high school. He's from Hudsonville, Michigan. Uh, also went led his team to 44-0 at St. Mary's Prep. Uh, his dad played for the Blue Jays, so, you know, he gets it from somewhere, so we already know so it's, it's in his blood. Uh, you know, Ike, I just want to say, first of all, welcome, man. Thank you for your time. Uh, can you just talk about so far, like, you know, I know you came out of high school being primarily a, a catcher, you know, ranked the best in your mm -hmm. state. And uh, now being here at Auburn, you know, you got off to a really good start. And, you know, you, you've done a great job so far. Just talk about your adjustment. Um, you know, for me, I think that is <clears throat> that the biggest thing for me is, you know, just trying to be myself um, in high school. I lived in a dorm for two years at an all boys uh, Catholic school. And so I think that was a huge preparation for me um, being able to come down here and be comfortable living on my own um, and being able to, you know, just do the daily things that I did, you know, when I lived in a dorm at high school and, you know, apply them to college. And I think that that, you know, really helped me settle down early here and often. And then, Baseball wise, um, I just tried to, you know, keep it as simple as possible. Uh, you know, baseball is a tough sport. You know, you're going to fail more than you're going to succeed. And so I thought that um, just trying to be myself and, you know, just provide um, a little spark to our team was just the thing that I needed to do to start off the season. I thought we've done it pretty well. You know, Ike, a lot of kids in your situation, I mean, freshmen, uh, you mentioned living in a dorm and that kind of probably helped you mature a lot the way that a freshman normally would in college do you feel like that that time in the dorm kind of living on your own dealing with that independence helped you come into college and just be ready to go right away yeah for sure i mean i think it took a lot off of i, I actually i think it like gave me freedom um because you know i'm not worried about you know what i'm going to do for dinner I'm not worried about laundry or stuff like that because i've already done that stuff um in high school so it just allowed yeah. me to play baseball free that's awesome uh, talk about the adjustment. I mean, you, you obviously you're a catcher by trade, and mm -hmm. they don't necessarily need you to play to play catcher right now. Talk about that adjustment to being a DH, and I understand you've been doing taking some reps at first base as well. Yeah, so I mean, Nate, I'm just trying to soak up everything I can from Nate right now. I mean, I think he's the best defensive catcher um, in America. So on that side, I'm just trying to soak everything up, you know, gain knowledge and wisdom from Nate. Um, but DH, like. I love it right now. I get to hang out with my with our teammates the entire game, get to hit a little bit too. Um, and, yeah, I've been practicing some at first base. Um, but, you know, whatever our team needs, whatever we can do to win, you know, that's what we're here for. Are you still getting better at catcher, just kind of like working with Nate during the week and, and working with bullpens and stuff? Yeah. So every, every day in practice we do indie defense, and there's like the biggest time to like learn from Nate and especially, you know, learn from Coach Thompson – and then learn from Coach Donamaker, too, um, at first base as well. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that really sticks out, I mean, you, you put up some incredible hitting numbers so far, but four walks, one strikeout, I think 29 at-bats, one strikeout for a guy that has some extra base pop like you do. Talk about that batting eye and just 
how that's come along. When I was a kid, man, I was just up there hacking, and I feel like a lot of kids my age were doing that. You've kind of grown up in a different era, and you're paying a lot of attention to pitch selection now. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that's helped me is is Coach Gross. Um, you know, he's a 10-year big leaguer, and so just being able to soak up as much information as I can from him because he's done it before. Um, he was a freshman All-American. He was a first-round pick. And so just trying to gain knowledge from him and, and just talking about an approach in the box and, you know, not coming out of your approach in the box and just staying through the middle of the field. And then with two strikes, um, you know, one strikeout, I thought the ball was in too. I thought it should have been a walk. But, um, you know, with two strikes, it's just, you know, trying to put the ball in play and do my job. Um, like we had Saturday's game. It was runners on second and third two strikes and just, you know, or, uh, just hit one into center field, ground ball. But, you know, it's just having the mentality of I'm not going to get struck out by this pitcher. Like uh, whatever I do, that is the worst thing that can happen. And so for me with two strikes, it's like a do or die mentality. Like there's n there's nothing worse than a strikeout for me. And, you know, I think that's shown through my at-bats. What's been the biggest thing that you and Coach Gross have talked about from a hitting perspective? I mean, you mentioned two-strike hitting. I don't know if that's the one thing he's been pushing with you. Um, so, you know, Coach Gross is, you know, we have, like, the same, you know, mentality. Like, when I came in, like, we were on the same page from day one, um, and we really just clicked. Um, and so it's it's not the – like, he doesn't tell me, uh, like, overarching themes. It's just little key hints, like, here and there, like, um, driving the ball the other way but doing it so that like in, in batting practice, um, like I, I tend to hit the ball the other way a ton, but there was times when I just, you know, where I'd start pulling off the ball and I hit the ball at the end of the bat and coach gross was like, um, you know, just hey, Ike, like right now, just hit the ball directly at the shortstop. Don't go any further left of it. And, you know, I saw that, you know, really, um, you know, help my in, in game adjustments too, because, now I'm not pulling off the ball. And it's just little tips and tricks like that that he gives us. Yeah, I, I not like everything that you're saying there. I, I when you talk about like, you know, Coach Gross being a hitting coach and uh, and everything, because I know I know Gabe for from a long time. Uh also talk about like being a son, you know, of a dad that played with the Blue Jays, like and played mm -hmm. in the pros. How much did he help you as a young kid coming through teaching you the the ropes of hitting a baseball? Uh, he's taught me a ton. I mean, that's my, it's the best coach I've ever had. And it's my dad at the same time. So it's been awesome. We've grown together through the game. Um, the game's made us closer. Um, but the biggest like piece of advice he's ever given me was, you know, whatever happens at the field, you leave it at the field. Um, and so like I went four for five on, on Sunday against USC, but you know, none of that matters now. Um, you know, it's, it's all in the past too. So, looking back at like all the wisdom he's given me, it's just the biggest thing is just leave it at the field, whether you go for five for five or 0 for five with five strikeouts, like it doesn't matter. There's always going to be another game in baseball. And so it's just being able to mentally um, leave it at the field and leave your success and leave your failures at the field. Because at the end of the day, there is a life outside of baseball and, you know, I'll spend more time outside of a baseball field than I will in on the baseball field. So not letting that, you know, eat me up at night right yeah one more for me then i'm gonna pass you back to jg and then uh then you'll come back to me at the end but talk about you know now that you're an sec player of the week twice uh two weeks in a row sec freshman player of the week like what that means to you and and like how do you process each week when you're leading up to games like the difference between practice but preparation and get ready to play play in these uh these two these series yeah so 
um, you know, being the SEC player of the week, it's cool and all, but, um, you know, I was flying out um, back in the summer. I was flying out to uh, back home for the, for the draft. And, you know, I had a, I was driving to the airport and I was like, I love it here. Like no amount of money is going to, you know, turn me away from Auburn. Like I love Auburn. And so like I called coach Nonamaker and I was like, Hey coach, like, I just want to tell you like no amount of money is going to, you know, keep me from coming to Auburn. Um, and at the end of the day, like I have one, I have two goals of mine, my freshman year, I'm going to win SEC freshman of the year. And then, um, Two is we're going to win a national title in our time here together. And so, you know, winning the SEC player of the week twice is cool, but it's not the end goal. And I think the two end goals we have in mind are first is to win a national championship for Auburn. And then two, as an individual, um, win the SEC freshman of the year. All right, talk about uh, so far. You guys are five one and one. Got a tie the other day, which is kind of weird. You don't see that in baseball very often. But the way you guys are playing against Indiana, against Southern Cal, tell me about how this team's coming together and kind of what you're projecting uh, for this team now that you've been able to play with them some on you know on in varsity games. Yeah, I think um, for us, the sky's the limit. I think that anything short of a national title, um, it's not. You know, we're not striving to just go to Omaha anymore. You know, we've been there twice in the past three years. Our goal is to win a national title now. And, you know, I think this team can do it. I mean, our offense is – I think we have the best offense in America and our pitching staff. We're young and we just need a little more experience. But our pitching staff, um, come the end of the year, you know, we're going to be playing our best baseball. And so I think the goal and the expectation is to, to win a national title. Yeah, just a few more here for you as well. And uh, like I say, you come off a series where y'all just beat USC and uh, in that series. But talk about, you know, how USC went up 3-0. Then you guys end up coming back, hitting a couple singles, and got a run there and end up tying the game. And then you went ahead. But then in the eighth inning, you kind of separated yourselves with those two big home runs. Uh, mm -hmm. Talk about this game and this series over this past weekend. Uh, I think the series um, showed a lot about our team. It showed our true colors. I mean, we were down in every single game. Um, and it showed that we're not out of any game. We'll be down four runs. We'll be down five, one, two, three. It doesn't matter. Uh, we're eventually going to be able to hit. And I think that you showed, you saw the toughness and the grit and the blue-collar mentality that, that we play with. And, you know, our pitching staff uh, kept us in games, and that's all we needed them to do because our offense was – fire on, on all cylinders and there's going to be, you know, series where our offense isn't firing and we win a two to one ball game because our pitching staff, you know, locks it down for us. And so it's more, it's a, it's just like a passing the baton aspect. Like our offense was on fire this weekend. Um, and you can expect that our, our pitching is going to be on fire one weekend and they're going to win us a ton of ball games. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I like the I like the way that this team fight back in games and and everything. But I want to ask you about some NIL stuff. NIL has changed the the dynamics of college sports for student athletes, and you know, not a lot of people know this, but as as a college baseball player, not everyone is on full scholarship. You know, mm -hmm. some guys only get partial and they have to pay the rest out of their pockets. So, talk about what it means to be part of On to Victory with NIL and how NIL you see NIL that helps you and your teammates. Yeah, I think. Um, NIL is huge for us. We only get 11.7 scholarships for, I think we have 38 dudes on our active roster right now. And so doing the math, that's like 45% for each kid. Um, it's going to be more and less for, you know, by kid basis, but NIL, NIL is huge. Like for me, 
uh, I've used the money to just invest it and set myself up for my future. Um, because I know right now, like the I can't, I could get a flashy car, I could get this and that, but you know, I'd rather be setting up for like a retirement fund and growing that money instead of just, you know, buying something that's going to degrade in value, you know, but getting something and putting my money in, in smart places and trying to grow it to be as successful as possible, you know, coming out of college because baseball doesn't last forever. Um, and there's a life outside of baseball. And so just being able to um, have some money put away, you know, for whatever comes up in life. JK, I know you love hearing that, don't you? Former professional oh. football player. You you wish players would invest like that. Oh, yes. I wish I, he need to go be the spokesperson for all these athletes on campus right now because the simple fact that he just said that. But it also goes from a standpoint of someone taught him that, you know, and, it, and it's always about, you know, learning from someone in front of you. And for me, it was my dad, you know, who was a coach and principal, but they also taught me about finances. And, and, and I, I appreciate you saying that because all these guys think the first thing they have to do is have some flashy and mm -hmm. JG see it on campus you know i can only imagine what the football car lot looks like you know just uh you know everyone thinks they have to have something that draws attention in order to feel successful but you don't and uh, you're doing it the right way i we appreciate you coming on i got a rapid fire five questions for our fans to get to know you a little bit more and then we'll let you get out of here jg do you have one more thing for Ike? no not at the moment uh just the awareness that you've got ike is, is pretty amazing man pretty amazing appreciate it all right, Ike, you ready? Here we go. What do you What do you do to calm your butterflies before a big competition? I take uh, three deep breaths. Uh, you'll see me walk into the box, take three deep breaths. Um, and then in the locker room, you know, I just try and play, you know, old throwback songs to stay loose. Gotcha. Even though he don't know who Easy e is, uh, JG. Yeah, I know, man. I know, I know. <laughs> what is your favorite food to eat at, at night before a big competition? Uh, I either like... Uh, a pizza or a, a steak. Awesome. Awesome. Do you have any rituals or superstitions? Uh, no, I, I normally just, you know, keep a routine. So just stick to the routine. So you're not the guy to wear the same socks as you, cause you hit three home runs in this game. No, it. no. <laughs> gotcha. Where's your favorite place to eat at in Auburn? Um, I would have to say taco mamas. Taco Good choice. Mama. Solid choice. Last one, what are you studying in school and why? Uh, I try, I, I'm a business admin major. Um, you know, I don't know what I want to do with it yet, um, but I thought it's a, it's a broad major and I can do a, a whole bunch of things with it. So I thought, you know, be broad and then narrow it down, you know, once we get out of college. Awesome. Well, JG, we appreciate you. JG, appreciate you being the co-host. Always awesome as always. You know, I've known JG for a long time, so he's been covering sports at Auburn. Uh, I you'll get to know him a little bit more as your career continues. We thank you for all you do for Auburn. Uh, continue much success this season and War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. This is John Cohen, and I fully endorse On to Victory and its mission to support our student athletes. Let's all do our part and join On to Victory today. War Eagle. Thank you, Auburn family, for tuning in and listening to On to Victory podcast with my co-host, JG. Also, we'd like to thank Ike Irish for coming on and giving us his time. We look forward to hearing from him later on this season. But we got another big guest coming up. Spring football is about to start actually today. And the guy that will be giving us some information would be no other than Jaquez Hunter. So stay tuned. War Eagle, everyone. 
College athletics is changing, and the Auburn family will respond. On to victory is the NIL collective of the Auburn Tigers, and they're leading the way. I encourage everyone to go to ontovictory.com. Hey, Auburn family, let's continue to make a tremendous difference in the lives of these student athletes. War Eagle. War Eagle. Hello, Auburn family. This is Jason Campbell, your host. I have my co-host, J.G. Tate, on, on here as well. But we got a special guest for you today, and we've already gave you an introduction of who's about to come on, so we don't want to waste any time. But thank you for tuning in to the On to Victory podcast, where we're trying to do big things and bring you action from behind the shields. So welcome, Jarquez Hunter. How y'all doing? Doing good, man. How's, how's your day? Oh, it's been going good, just getting class and stuff out the way so I can go to practice. But Jacquez, speaking of that, practice starts today in February. I am used to spring ball starting in the middle of March. Talk about the effects of, you know, spring ball actually being moved up to February 28th. I mean, starting the day February 27th instead of being like March the 10th or March the 11th. Uh, from a workout standpoint, did, it, did the intensity have to increase fast or were y'all still able to get a lot of workouts in before you get ready to start spring ball? Well, I think uh, the last couple of weeks, I think we done got a, a lot of workouts in going into this week so we could start spring ball. I mean, we really didn't increase much. We kept doing the same schedule, but that just took like the, the weight wise off us a little bit so we can get our bodies ready for this week. Yeah, and also speaking of that, so you guys didn't make a bowl game this year. And, you know, we understand that this is something that Auburn wants to get back to is being competitive, you know, to play in more than just a bowl game, to be in the playoff hunt. Talk about that time that you guys had when you weren't playing in a bowl game. What did you all do it during that time to, to prepare your minds and to get ready for this offseason? I mean, the time we had off because we didn't make a bowl game, I think that was like gave us more time to prepare for ourselves this year, like, Get more work, get your uh, work on your craft, like just go out there and work and get better so we can get better for this year coming up. Jarquez, what was your, I mean, personally, your attitude about not making a bowl? Did it make you angry? Did it, I, I know you're, you're a hard worker anyway, so you don't need an extra motivation, but just how, how did it, did it sting? Is it something that still motivates you? I mean, yeah, it made me kind of mad because I know who was better than what we showed people. I think we could have made a bowl game. We really just went out there and played our best, but it made me mad and wanted to go work harder for this year coming up. Talk about the adjustment for you. You're going to be a primary back this year, going to be carrying a heavier load. Uh, just talk about maybe some mental adjustments you're going through, just kind of becoming the man. I mean, nothing really changed. I'm still going to go out there and work hard every day and do the same thing I've always been to get better. What have you been specifically working on uh, during this offseason? I know you've been getting stronger, but you're already a really strong dude. Some Maybe some specific right. stuff to, to being a good tailback? Uh, I've been working more on, like, my cuts and, like, well, I got to work on better holding the ball with my left hand. That's what I struggle as, as a running back. So I, I know I got had to get better than that. So I've been working on, like, my feet work and my ball handling. Have you had conversations with Coach Freeze just about this offense and your role in it? Yes, sir. I have. I know we're going to be like more up on tempo. We're going to be running fast pace offense this year. Mm -hmm. How does that affect you as a tailback? You just got to be ready to go 
more downs, I guess, more snaps? I mean, you just got to be mentally and physically ready. Like, just got to know your part. Now, in high school, you were an outstanding power lifter. Um, have you adjusted the kind of the way you lift weights now? I mean, I lift the weights the same way. I just go in there and just compete. I just try to put the most weight. I try to beat everybody in the weight room, too. They see the man would lift weights in cowboy boots if he could. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't let me do it here. I know you'd love to try, though. Um, talk about this new facility, Jarquez. You had a chance to – you worked out in the old facility. You're in the new place now. Just talk about how it's different working out uh, in the new in the, in the Waltz's facility. I mean, it's much better. We got – the old facility, we had all the old stuff, and it really didn't work as well. But now we got, like, new stuff we can have. We got new bars, new weights. Like, we just got more stuff we can use here. When you get on that, on that field today, it's going to be the first time you guys have practiced officially out there. Is it going to be kind of exciting in a way to be in a new space? Yeah, I'm be I'm excited to go practice on this new field. I think it's going to be better than the old. I just got one question, though. What makes this football field different than the other football field? Are they both grass? Oh. They oh. both grass, but you we work. We got, we're getting more work over here. This, I did, new I, start, I, this is a new start to a new year. See, I, I know what the answer is, JG. It's the scenery. You know what I'm saying? At the new facility, you know what I'm saying? Like, you get the all glass doors and windows and everything. And then, you know, you can, it just looks, it looks more up to par, you know? Yeah. So it makes you, it makes you feel better about going to practice. So, yeah, but Jarquez ain't a flashy guy. He's here for the work. You know what I mean? Hey, I know. I know he's here for the work, but that's why he be wearing them cowboy boots with no shirt pregame yeah, walking, 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 walking and Jordan hair. And they got two locker rooms at the new facility, too. Two. Right. So talk about the lounge, Jacquez, and then talk about, like, the actual locker room where y'all take y'all shoulder pads and put them on, like, a cleaning thing that cleans your pads and your helmets for you guys. I mean, I think that's better. I mean, I mean, in the old facility, we used to – both locker rooms were the same, like the lounge and the locker room. Like, our practice locker room was the same. But now we got, like, this new facility, we got like a sitting area locker room, like you can sit and just chill and talk to your teammates. And the other one, like where you actually get changed for practice and stuff. It's been such an incredible like three or four months for Carnell uh, Williams, your position coach, a guy who we've known a long time. Obviously, J Cam played with him and knows him really well. It seems like people now realize what a stud he is, like on a personal level. You've known him a while and you know what a stud he's been this whole time. Just talk about how cool it's been to see him these last three months, just kind of people really realizing how great of a guy he is. Yeah, Coach Collette is a great person. Like, he done taught me so much about life and football together. Like, he just, me and Collette, we, we, I just go out there and talk to him some days just to learn about life and stuff. Now that you had, with, with Tate gone now and you had a chance to play with him for a while, I know he took you under your wing when you were first starting out. Talk about what you learned from Tank uh, playing that position. I mean, he just, he taught me a lot. Like, when I first got here, he told me how the, the game was going to be much faster, which it was. I mean, high school and college is much different. Like, people are faster, bigger, and stronger. And me and Tank, we used to just go out and work out all the time. He teach me, like, the stuff he used to do to work to get better on the field, he taught me. Yeah. I would say this, Jacquez, uh, what drives you as a competitor? Like, what should people look for this year from a fan base? Uh, what should they expect from Jacquez Hunter in 2023? Just a better player because I'm going to work everything that I was lacking last year. I'm going to work better this 
spring this off season to get better at that so I can be a better player this upcoming season and for, for for me, myself, and for the team. Yeah. Well, I tell you this. You got some late Christmas gifts this year. The offensive line got revamped uh, through the transfer portal. You know, you got, you got some big studs, man, that they were able to bring in. Talk about what you've seen from these guys so far uh, during the workouts and getting ready for spring ball today. Well, I, I didn't, they didn't, I didn't, they've been in there working their tails. I mean, they're, they're getting faster, stronger. I can see it when we, like, do, like, little walkthroughs. I can tell that they got much faster with their movement and stuff, and I, they're picking up better on their um, calls, like, protections and stuff like that. All right, JG, you're going to hit you with one more as well. Yeah, got one more for you. Uh, Coach Freeze was telling us the other day that this is going to be a very rigorous spring practice. Uh, I'm not worried about you because I know you can handle it, Jarquez. You're a tough dude. But talk about what your expectations are for spring. Do you think they are going to be – there's going to be more hitting and stuff, and do you feel like the players know they got to prove something now that it's a new coaching staff? I think it's going to be more intense because it's new to everybody and everybody trying to go in there and prove themselves to the new coaching staff. So I think it's going to be more intense and like more exciting at practice. And Jacque, we've entered this new world of NIL and uh, everyone knows that, you know, it's changed the landscape of, of college sports and for our student athletes. But talk about like, you know, being part of Ultra Victory, what NIL is, is doing for you, your teammates and uh, and, you know, just in your own words, like what does it mean? Oh, NIL, I mean, it helps me like with my family, like I get to I can help my family with the NIL stuff like. And I can help myself, like, with my own personal business that I had to take care of. Like, I can help my – that's what I use mine for. See, J.G., Jarquez is one of those guys from Mississippi, so mm -hmm. he's not going to be a big spender. You know, Jarquez is going to keep it real level. I just wonder where did he like to take someone – well, we're not even going to ask him that question on the air. I don't even want to know if he got a girlfriend. That's not even – that's not even worry about it. <laughs> Let's just keep that an open question. But <laughs> I will say this. I got five questions for you. And uh, and before I ask these five questions, I want to ask JG, does he has one more? Because he has this little bobblehead that he has in front of him. So can you tell us one song that you know who this guy, what who this guy is and what did he sing in the past? That's Easy E, Jarquez. So you know one song by Easy E or NWA? Did he sing straight out of Compton? He did. We will give him credit for that, oh, J. Cam. Oh, man. Absolutely accepted. We are. All right. Yes. There's hope for the next generation. <laughs> one for one today. One for one. Just someone in our era. You know, we're just trying to have a little fun with your job. Yeah. You pass yeah. the test. Pass the test. But I got five good quick questions for you. Rapping fireful. We'll let you get out of here and uh, get ready for spring practice. Number one, who is your favorite sports hero? Walter Payne. What are three reasons you like to bring to what are three reasons you feel like that are part of a team that's important? Three things I should say. Um three leadership, relationships, and dedication. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Do you have any rituals or superstitions? No, sir. All right, the man don't have one. That's why almost two in a row. No, in in high school, I used to wear the same socks every Friday. Oh man, I hope you washed them. <laughs> I didn't wash them. Oh man, shake them off, shake them off, and put them in my locker. We'll wear them every Friday. That's, 
TJG, that's how he's that's how he broke so many tackles, man. Mm -hmm. They smell that funk, man. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> they smell that funk. What is your favorite place to eat in Auburn? Uh, I like to go to Bomb Miles. Okay. Mm. okay. Nice choice. Okay. Where are you studying in school and why? Uh, I'm studying natural resource management. It's like a forestry degree. I just okay. I studied it because I'm I'm an outside guy and I like to do like hand on things instead of just sitting around all day. Awesome, awesome. But Jarquez, man, thank you for coming on. Thank you for your time. Uh, we appreciate all you do for Auburn, and man, we look forward to you having a great spring. And we'll be back with you at some point in time this season. But uh, thank you, Jarquez, for coming on. Hey. People, stay tuned in. The next guest, none other than himself, Coach Bruce Pearl, will be coming on the On to Victory podcast. So, at JG and myself, we'll be bringing you all the noise next episode with Coach Pearl. Stay tuned. War Eagle, this is John Cohen, and I fully endorse On to Victory and its mission to support our student athletes. Let's all do our part and join On to Victory today. War Eagle. Hello, Auburn family. This is Jason Campbell, the host of On to Victory podcast. I bring to you a special treat today. I know everyone is waiting, can't wait to hear the voice of Bruce Pearl, uh, one of the most exceptional coaches we've had in the SEC in years and has over 150 wins in nine seasons as the head coach at Auburn University. And uh, right now, I could just bring him in and get right to the point because we know he's a busy man. Coach Pearl, how you doing? Jason, Jay, how you guys doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Doing great, doing great. But coach, uh, we understand it's been a it's been a tough you know last couple of games. You know, team has fought really hard, but you know a lot of these games are coming down to the wire and you know uh, and, and everything. But talk about the team morale at this standpoint of the season so far. You know, I'll tell you what, Jason. Um, the last three Saturdays or three or four Saturdays have been tough, tough which makes going to church on Sunday even more tough. <laughs> um, you know, gosh, at Tennessee uh, in a last possession game. Um, home against Alabama, where we really played about as well as we could play for about 34 minutes and, and have a chance, but we don't pull it off. Lose at the buzzer at Vandy on a, on a Saturday night and then just get manhandled in the second half by Kentucky. So um, those have been four tough lows. So how is the team? They're, they're hurt. Uh, they're discouraged. Um, they're uh, – uh, you know, their, 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 their confidence is challenged in themselves and in what we're doing because we've just lost so many here down the stretch against all good teams. Now, we beat Missouri, um, and, and that was a great win for us. And, um, you know, we, 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 we did a lot of – you know, we, we won a lot of games early against Mississippi State or, or against Arkansas. And, you know, that Northwestern win uh, is a big win for us, a quad one win. Um, but the losing is absolutely taking – it's taking its toll. And then what you got next is we got to go play Alabama with a conference championship on the line, and then we got to go host Tennessee. It's it's uh, it it's obviously the toughest schedule that we've ever had, playing the top three teams twice and at Kentucky. Um, but our kids are grinding, right? Yeah, yeah. And we're and we're grinding, and 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 with the exception of you know probably the last ten minutes of the Kentucky game, you know we've been in we've been in everything. And so we got to we got to try to find a way uh, to uh, to scrap and claw and and see if we can win one of these games to help our position to get in the tournament. Yeah, BP, you were talking about them getting discouraged. I know I know exactly what you're talking about. These tough losses. Um, how do you kind of 
get that turned toward a more a positive view for them? Can you go back and say, look what you did against Missouri and the way you played there? How, how do you kind of do that? Um, you know what? You focus on a process. All right, look, here are the things that we did not do, and they're controllable. Like, worry about the things you can control. And so that's what I try to do in our breakdown. Look, we, we could guard this better. And and this wasn't just that they ran great offense. We just didn't do this and give the guys, all right, we could do that. And and this is what we didn't execute that. Well, we could do that. Yeah. And and so just you got to kind of go go at it from that standpoint. They got to trust the process. Mm-hmm. They got to trust each. They got to trust themselves. And then probably most importantly, got to trust each other. You know, to be in the gaps defensively and help each other out. To help a helper, so on and so forth. To to not worry about kicking the ball out to the guy that's hot. Kick it out to the open man. If he wants to take it, he can. If he can move it on. Yeah. And so that that all just gets challenged when you're not winning. At this point, what are you thinking about seeding, BP? Do you think you need another win one way or another? I do. I think we do need another win. Um, and, you know, whether it be, you know, Alabama or Tennessee or, you know, certainly in the, in the, in the SEC tournament. Um, look, it is about the body of work. All right. And the, and the body of work is is pretty darn good. I mean, it's pretty darn good. Um, you and I talked before the season. We're kind of where I thought we would be, right? I mean, that doesn't mean I'm happy with where we are, but I kind of thought where we would be. Why aren't we better? Um, I, I think part of the reason why we're not better was our best guard this summer, or one of the best guards this summer, was Chance Westry. And then he gets hurt. He comes back from injury. He's not right. He's not ready. We try. It's just not there. So now we don't bring anybody in really in the backcourt to challenge Wendell or KD or Al, Lior, not only ch- but to make us up, to make us better. We don't get better there. Trey is solid as a backup, but he really hasn't challenged Wendell. Right. And then on the front line, you know, Janai came in and you know, he is from a, as far as a newcomer is concerned, you know, if they had a newcomer of the year in the SEC, Janai Broom could be it. I mean, Miller's the freshman of the year. You know, Gigi Jackson's right there. You know, but Janai Broom has been a great replacement, you know, for Walker Kessler. Um, and Yoan Treor is going to be a really good player. He's just not ready right now. So three freshmen in a transfer uh, just weren't enough help to help this team after we lost two first-round draft picks be better than what it is. Yeah, that's that's the thing about uh you know about season. The season's a long journey, and uh you know y'all played a tough SEC schedule this year, and, uh, and of course outside the SEC has been a has been a schedule as well. But you know that's how you mount yourselves up. You guys have fought really hard. It's been a couple of tough losses, but Coach Ford, before I get to NIL question, what do you think has been the most disappointing loss this season out of all of those tough losses? Well, I'd say Alabama at home because we, we we played well enough to win. Um, Tennessee on the road because I used to coach there. Uh, Bandy because it was at the buzzer and then Kentucky because it was embarrassing so I bet they're just I'm sorry but I can't pick one but you could pick from those four and then on the plus side probably the Missouri game that was a fine you you were you were start to finish on that one Missouri game was great Mississippi State game was great Arkansas game was great you know we beat several conference champions like Bradley uh Colgate Northwestern uh, was a great win St. Louis was was a great win um you know so um, you beating Washington on a row was really good. Yeah. Seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right, kind of. right, exactly. Well, coach, we know uh, everyone got you on here while we have you on here. JG is the co-host today. You know, he's looking sharp and everything with his tie on. 
you know, I, I got to step my game up, you know. So, <laughs> you know, everyone wants to hear about the NIL. And uh, I'm going to let you jump on JG real quick. But then I want to talk to you about NIL, give you two questions uh, for our subscribers and our fans and then sure. uh, and everything. All right, Jason, we'll go to that. Just a few other things. Uh, trying to make sense. BP, when you were a, an assistant coach, you kind of knew back at Iowa and back in those days, you knew what your roster was going to be like a year from now, two years from now. Things have changed so much with the way the portal works. Talk about just how the pressure and the strain for all coaches now, knowing that you, you don't know what you're going to have next season already. Yeah, it's very, very uncharted waters. Um, and and so we're all kind of going through this together. We, we were – we were a year late to the party in two respects, Jay. One, um, because we had had such incredible freshmen that came in in the last few classes, like Isaac Okoro, um, to a lesser extent, but to some extent, JT Thor, Sharif. Um, and then, of course, Jabari, all back to back to back. Um, you know, and those guys were all one-and-done guys. Yeah. And so um, – Everybody, I think, learned a year ago what we didn't learn, and that is, holy cow, really, really good freshmen. I mean, really good freshmen have a hard time playing dominant roles in Power Five. We didn't learn that because the only freshman we had was Jabari. And so tough, tough, tough lesson to learn because we had four transfers that year. Yeah. Zep, KD, Wendell, and Walker. That worked out pretty good. Yeah. Go three freshmen and one transfer. It didn't work out as well, and that's just sort of part of the learning curve. The second thing would have been a little bit on the NIL side in a sense that we're, we are thanks to on to victory. We're up and running and our student athletes are benefiting. And I got to tell you, I I'm so happy for our student athletes and our families because the fact that the players are able to benefit from their name, image, and likeness. I've always been an advocate for a realistic scholarship. These kids work so very, very hard for most of them. Jason, this did not happen to you, but you know a lot of guys, Jason, that you played with that had dreams about playing in the NFL someday that worked just as hard as you did to try to get there but didn't quite make it. They did not quite make it. And now some of those same kids could have gotten a little bit of a jump start in their lives had they had an NIL back then. And, you know, you would have looked about and said, you know what, good for them. They earned it. Yeah. You know, kind of blocking and tackling and doing all these dumb things. And so we've always wanted to help the kids, but you've never been able to. Now you can. As it relates to Auburn basketball, we were probably not quite, but we were we were a little late to the party. We got it going a little bit last spring, but boy, last fall during that early signing period, we just weren't up and running. And thanks to the job that you guys are doing, uh, on to victory is up and running and and um uh, we, we, that's going to make all of our programs stronger. Yeah, we appreciate that, Coach. Uh, you're talking about the NIL and the importance of it because that's the main thing. You know, having a recruit on NIL nowadays is is it's a new ball game. Like I said, we didn't have to deal with that back when we came through as high price recruits. You know, now you know a lot of parents want to ask about NIL, but you know, from a standpoint, you know, telling the fans, you know, their donation and things that they're doing, getting involved with NIL, every little bit counts. And um, you know, you touched on a little bit of that. And I'll just say, like, how do you how do you recruit on NIL? Well, you know, Jason, here's here's this is how I look at it. And this is what I tell my friends. This is what I tell the Auburn family. This is what I tell anybody that's supporting any team, not just Auburn, anybody. I I I, I my advice to any donor around the country, if anybody asks you, are you participating in NIL? 
and you say, no, I'm not. The question, why? Why aren't you participating? Because if you, if you, I, I'm not necessarily asking donors to think about giving more. We raise a lot of money for charity. We got inflation going on. We got, you know, you know, everybody's in a different circumstance. So I don't like asking people for more than what they can give. I don't want to do that. But I do think it's okay for me to say to them, in your giving, I think NIL should be part of it. I think it should be a part of it. Because when you're giving to scholarships, when you're giving to the university um, for education, when you're giving, you know, to different, different things, um, and you're supporting different things, why not support the student athletes? They're a huge part of this equation. They're actually the biggest part of the equation. And for so many years, they were not able to be compensated fairly. Um, and so it makes a huge, huge difference when we can offer certainly a realist, a realistic scholarship. Now, in, in the real world, you know, you had said it about a, about some kind of, I don't want to take the words out of your mouth, but talk about a certain price on a, you know, for recruiting so on and so forth. People say, well, is this sustainable? I don't know whether it's sustainable, but I know it's here and I know it's now. And I do think that what, what our donors and our fans understand is this. I, I, I'm going to do the best I can to be a good steward of our budget. I've been head coach at Auburn for, this is my ninth season. I have, I have, I don't want to say never, but I want to say hardly ever been over budget. And I've almost always been under my budget. Man, I spent less than I had in my budget. I don't want to pop, I don't want to pat in the back. That's what I'm supposed to do. But because I am cognizant of the money that our, that our university gives to us to run our department, the way we travel, the people that we take, I, I want it to be done right, but I'm not going to, I'm just not going to overspend on things. And that's just something the fans have to have to trust. So therefore, um, I think, I think um, our on to victory is, is going to evaluate the market, evaluate the program, and they're going to be fair with the kids. They're, they're not going to over and they're not going to under, they're going to do whatever the market says should be done in a very fair way. And I would, I would support that. Now, we appreciate you, Coach, and uh, we thank you for your time. J.G., you have one more. We're going to let Coach get out of here. Yeah, I mean, BP, just kind of what you were talking about, recruiting and, and the role that Onto Victory plays. What's the toughest part of recruiting for you? You've been doing it a long time. You've been very good at it for a long time. I mean, I think the toughest part of it now is, you know, what's going to happen with your own team, you know, and who's coming back? Like you had said it earlier. Yeah. When I was a assistant coach, you know, freshmen became sophomores. Sophomores became juniors. You know, you had an idea. Now you got the one-on-one. Now you got the transfer portal that works both ways. You have no idea what your roster is going to look like. You just don't. And so it allows um, it allows for people to reload quickly. Um, and I, I think in some ways it's 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 created a little bit of parity. You know, obviously I've been a program developer my whole career, my whole life. That's what I've done is is develop programs, and um, you do it over a period of time with character and culture. And guys just get older and get better and get tougher. And and you win along the way. And at the end of the guy's careers, you win big. That's just not the way it is right now. Yeah. And so, you know, year one, my first year, we were able to get uh, Jabari, four guys to transfer portal. Boom, we're the best team in the country. 
and we're probably going to wind up being a little bit more transfer heavy this time around as well. Well, Coach, appreciate your time. Appreciate your efforts. Uh, good luck to you guys this week. Uh, like I said, you competed very hard this season. And uh, like I said, just continue to do what you do. Everything will fall in place. But I uh, wish the Tigers the best against Alabama and uh, Tennessee on Saturday. So War Eagles, we, Coach. We appreciate all the support, guys. We really do. We're grateful for it. War Eagle. Thanks, BP. So you tuned on to the podcast of On to Victory. My co-host, JG, myself, Jason Campbell. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today, Auburn family. We look forward to hearing you. Uh, give us some insight. You know, let us know uh, what some questions you want to hear in our next in our next episode for some of our upcoming guests. Thank you, and War Eagle.